1: Yo, what the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by both of my gaming dads. A little post holiday break episode right before some more holidays are upon us. Gary Witta, how are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to get Xboxy with you. There we go. We're going to get a little Xboxy today, is right, Gary, because you know what? We just celebrated two years of the brand new consoles, the Xbox Series X and S. Hard to believe. Time goes by that fast, and these consoles still feel so fresh, but also two years in, and we're going to talk all about that. Paris Lilly, how are you feeling after two years of having that big old Xbox Series X next to you?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. And it, it's crazy to think that it's already been two years since the uh, Series X and the S has been out. So looking forward to talking about it. But I have to give a side note. I am officially enthralled with cocaine. What is it called? Cocaine Bear? Have you heard of this? Yeah. Mike the was mo- trying to get me to watch the
3: trailer on. with him earlier. I, I yeah. was trying
1: to watch the trailer with Gary Whitty. He looked at me, me mugged me, said, not right now. I gotta Mike. be, I, I
3: got to be in the right it. mood for it. <laughs> I, I I hear it's bringing a lot of people
1: pleasure today. I'm very excited about Cocaine Bear, based
2: uh, on I'm a true very, story. Day yeah. One. yeah. Uh, what, did he, what did he ingest? $15 million worth of cocaine? I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be amazing. It's, I, I it's think gonna, it'll be fun.
1: Pretty excited yeah. about that. And of course, the holidays are soon to be upon us, guys. And that's why I wanted to start off the show with, because the holiday season is here, but it's also award season. Is right around the corner, which means we'll be talking about game of the year, our favorite games of the year, and most importantly, taking a look over at Jeff Keighley's show, the game awards, which is, I believe, checking my calendar here next week. So, Paris Lily, I wanted to kick it off. Of course, each and every year, Xbox usually brings it at the game awards, right? We saw the Xbox Series X be revealed there. We've seen Hellblade 2, we have seen Perfect Dark. What is one thing or something that you would like to see revealed? From the xbox team over at the game awards
2: i think this would be a great year to show about show some mm. actual gameplay for it that, okay. that would be my guess i i i'm leaning towards we see more perfect dark though just kind of the cadence that they've been doing they showed the x then it was you know uh it was what hellblade 2 then perfect dark hellblade 2 actual gameplay Now show some perfect dark gameplay. That's what I think would happen. But if there was a game I would want to see them show something, new gameplay would be about.
1: Avowed. Oh, I like that. We haven't heard much of Avowed besides, you know, Jez Corden, friend of the show over at Windows Central, he said that he has seen footage of Mm -hmm. Avowed, and we haven't really seen much besides that CGI cutscene that they had to kind of set the tone of the world and where we're at. So Avowed is a good pull right there. And Paris, I want to build off of yours with perfect dark. I would love to see Perfect Dark, where the initiative and, of course, Crystal Dynamics are at right now. Maybe a little dev diary is fine for 90 seconds of, like, hey, this is where we're at. This is the world. I would like that, but I really want them, Paris. I know people are going to go crazy in the comments. I want them to wow me with Perfect Dark, and I want this to be a third-person action-adventure game. I want us to step away from the first-person shooter, and I want Perfect Dark to be something different and change up the formula, but I know not many people like that when I say that, Paris.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously it's rooted in, in being a first person shooter, but I wouldn't be upset if it went third person. You know, if if it's done right, I, I have a sneaking feeling it'll stay first person. But obviously we'll see. Again, this is why I show it next week. So then we can we don't have to debate about it. <laughs> I'd be excited to see it. Plus, I think honestly, from from an Xbox Game Studio standpoint and an initiative standpoint, it would be a huge sign of confidence. For them to show Perfect Dark now, even if it's not coming in 2023, which I highly doubt. But just be able to show, like, here's the game, here's the world, be excited for it, and they can continue to work on it. Yeah.
1: Gary, what would you like to be seeing at the Game
3: Awards? I, I say every time a question like this comes up, but uh, I would like to get a proper look at Fable. Oh, you know, Gary. All we've Gary. You know, one of my favorite um, Xbox uh, games. I, I remember playing the original on the original Xbox and and absolutely loving it. I think it's it's also you know, it, it's had a great legacy since then. Some of the sequels have been really really good too. There's nothing else quite like it out there. Um, and uh, that that trailer they showed when they first revealed it was great, but it was just a cinematic. And you know we know that cinematics don't really tell you anything about the game that's that's coming. So I would like to see a bit of gameplay, a bit of you know what is what is this thing? You know, obviously we. Can have a good sense of like what it's roughly going to look like because we know what a Fable game looks like. Yeah. But I want to see what a next generation Fable game looks like.
1: I like that, Gary. I would be very excited to see what Playground has up their sleeve with Fable. Uh, of course, you can watch live anytime we record the Kind of Funny X Cast if you support us over on Patreon, either Patreon, Kind of Funny, or Kind of Funny Games. And right now in the live chat, one of our best friends, Randy, writes in, I would like to see if they show us more on Redfall and Paris. Could this be a perfect moment to maybe show Redfall release date?
2: I think if it's, you know, still slated to come in like, you know, the first half of 2023, like, let's say it's actually in February or March. Yeah. This would be a perfect time to do it. I think that really would get people excited. Um, Again, I wouldn't be upset at it, but I do feel like that was a game we did get an extended look at, at the showcase this year. I would like to see something else from. from Yeah, I was going to say.
3: Redfall is something that's already been so exposed. Like we've had had that really long look at the gameplay. Like you know, it's not. It's one of those things when the lights go down and the trailer comes up. Like, seeing more of Redfall is not going to get people super duper excited. Like, the Game Awards, I think are typically the, you didn't know this was coming, here's something you're seeing for the first time, or here's your first real look at something we've only hinted at, like Fable, like maybe Avowed, um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, only the kind of the the briefest, or or Perfect Dark, the briefest glimpses have been seen. Like you said, the, the only thing they could really add on at this point is a release date, and that's not super exciting.
1: Yeah, I th- the release date for me is exciting. But like you said, Gary, watching another 60-second, 90-second trailer is not exciting. No, right? We've already it's got to be something fresh. Money. Exactly, It's time. Yeah. What about, you talk about the pomp and the circumstance of like a big-time show. Of course, Starfield, we got to see a pretty meaty chunk of it with Todd and the team during the Summer Games Fest. Would you like to see more Starfield? Would that be doing it?
3: Yeah, and Bethesda might actually, since you bring it up, they may feel uh, inclined to show another preview because yeah. you know that the first one was the reception was a little bit mixed right mm-hmm. they you know no man skyrim and all the kind of the memes that were going around it looked good but it didn't look like oh my god like clear the decks that's the only game i want to play right now yeah um and so you know much like and also remember the first halo infinite reveal underwhelming that we there's been you know a history of these big big games having these underwhelming initial reveals but then they come good down the road and so the hype for Starfield is going to be there, and they did already show an extended look. So even though we were just sort of had Redfall mm-hmm. and Sky and, and um, uh, Starfield to the same extent has already been exposed, but, I, but, but, but in, people are like, excited about Redfall, and the expectations aren't as high yeah. as for Starfield. Given that that first, um, that first reveal was a little bit, like people were like, yeah, sure, as opposed to, oh, my God, give that to me now. Maybe there's an opportunity for another better trailer that showcases the game and gets people... More hyped.
1: Yeah, more hyped. Maybe a live orchestra set over the trailer could be cool at the Game Awards. I mean, Awards, it's all about, the, it's all about the production values of yeah, the Game Awards. That up. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple more at you, see how you guys feel about this. You know, when we talk about the Game Awards you guys bring up, we kind of known know the games and they kind of give us a little more teaser. What if we get into the unknown? Let's say Compulsion Games shows up and we finally yeah. get to see what that project they've been working on is. Would we show a full-on debut here at the Game Awards, or would they hold something like that at an Xbox Summer Games?
3: I don't know. I th- I, th- I think, as we were just saying, the Game Awards, I think, is the domain of things that you know that that exist somewhere between either like you knew this was coming, but you haven't seen anything of it yes. yet, like like or, you know anything real, like Fable, um, and and this too. But I, I also think there's a there's an, another ca- another category that we're not really thinking about right now, which is the game that you didn't even know was coming. Yes. Like the one, that, mm-hmm. the one that we don't even need to, the, the one that we don't even know to talk about yet because it's so locked down and it's a true reveal. Like here's your first look at something, you know, maybe a, maybe a returning franchise, maybe, a, maybe something new from, you know, an esteemed developer. But the thing where you go, oh shit, who knew that was coming? Like, I feel like the Game Award, I don't know what historically what the Game Awards track record with that is. I think it's actually pretty good. I think they've done like a few like true first time reveals. And so, you know, on the first show back after the Game Awards, I suspect we will be talking about the reveal of things that we don't even know exist
1: right now. Oh, I'm excited about that, Gary. Yeah. Uh, How about this one, Paris for you, chucking it up there on something we don't know, In Exile. We've seen some teases from the team on what could be the next project. Of course, no name, nothing that you can actually see, just some Twitter emojis. In Exile, would that get you excited?
2: Yeah, because I was actually thinking about that before you said it. Like, In Exile would, would be a great one. To have a, a surprise announcement here at the Game Awards about whatever they're working on, because it's it seems like they're they're working on something big. Yeah. So when it does get revealed, I think a lot of people are going to be wowed by it. So why not have it revealed on arguably the biggest stage of the year for gaming, which will be the game awards. So yeah, that would be another great one as well. But I really, I'm really with you on the on the compulsion one. I think that one makes a lot of sense. I would also say, even though it isn't one of their internal studios, but that game that Avalanche is working on. What, what is yes. it? Um, oh, I'm forgetting the name. Starts with a starts with a C. contraband
1: the there. It contraband is, there it is.
2: Yep. yep. Mm.
1: Okay, I like that. I'm going to throw out two couple quick ones for you. Indiana Jones, another big. That's a time good. That's name. a good. That's, a good, pros- stuff with that's a good prospect, especially Machine since games. you've
3: got the new movie. They're starting to pull back. You know yep. the reveals on that. See the first, the first you know pictures are out. There'll be a title reveal on the movie. I think pretty soon there'll probably be a teaser trailer soon. Um, as the movie publicity wrap, uh, ramps mm-hmm. up, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised to see. I mean, obviously, the game doesn't need a new movie to generate hype. It's Indiana Jones. But I think it's, it, it is very fortuitous or perhaps, you know, well-planned timing that, you know, you've got two major new Indiana Jones projects yeah. coming. And I think that they and I think that they will uh, kind of feed off of each other in terms of the, the hype and the publicity.
1: Paris, anything to I, uh, add on that one?
2: Yeah. I'm, well, well, first and foremost, I, I don't know if either one of you got to a chance to listen to that Todd Howard uh, interview on Lex Friedman's podcast. It was three hours long. He talked about, Everything from Starfield, Indiana Jones, Fallout, Elder Scrolls. Uh, there's a ton of information that came out of that. But he did talk about Indiana Jones a little bit and just his involvement with it. And it looks like he's a little, he's, he's more involved than I realized with, oh. with the development of that game. And he did say it was going to be borrowing from a few different genres, which is pretty exciting to see. But I know this is an Xbox show, but I would imagine when Indiana Jones is revealed, that'll probably be a Disney thing since since they're the one the lucasfilm games i believe right is 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 the overall publisher i guess whatever you want to call it but i think that happens on when disney wants to show it yeah maybe it's like a d23
3: kind of thing yeah exactly Uh yeah yeah
2: more more tied in with the movie i would imagine okay my final one just
1: throwing it out there into the universe like we always do machine games Wolfenstein Three. Oh There's my God! There's still a story to tell. <laughs> don't do There's this. There's still more mind. to do, don't, Barrett. Don't, you know I have talk, to channel no. you and interble- you and blessing, and God. just put it out there, please, God. please. And don't,
4: t- don't talk to me about young blood. We don't talk about we don't young talk about blood, young blood, but yeah. we talk
1: about Wolfenstein, and we just God. want Wolfenstein. Those, want games. Those games are so
3: much fun. It's so they much are. fun,
1: Gary. Come on. And so, a lot of games that we could look at on the slate of the known to unknown quality quantities, and say what could be, and hopefully. Jeff Keighley and Team Xbox bring some really great stuff for us. And on top of that, of course, awesome awards, right? We get to celebrate those who create the things that we love in the video game world. And that's why I really love the Game Awards. I love the acceptance speeches. I love seeing the team's faces. I love seeing the team celebrate all around the globe. Yeah, it's a lot of blitz and, and glamour. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's something special, Gary, you know? I think it starts with Greg Miller's acceptance speech back in the day in 2015 with his trending gamer award right and then onward you take note right you pay attention to those faces and those names and we've been really privileged here on the Xcast to bring on a number of developers and get to celebrate their hard work and accomplishments and that's what I really love on that one as well
3: yeah it's uh, it's a fun show I've never been because you know Keeley won't invite me because we have that long-standing <laughs> you got beef, a beef. yeah yeah got that beef you got a beef you got a beef with him <laughs> got that, about beef. that beef it's really big <laughs> got that beef and you know what and if you you know what and if, if he if he did send me an invite I'd tell him where he could shove it <laughs>
1: Wow. Yeah, okay. Well, you heard it live on the X cast right there. Gary, we're let you know, Jeff Keighley, me and Paris though. We'll take invites all day.
2: Well, <laughs> Gary, you can have there. mine. <laughs> well, I will be going to the game awards and I'm super <laughs> excited to be going. It's this is my third time being able to go. So I'm looking forward to that again. Mike, just take Greg's pass. Who cares yeah. if Greg Miller goes? just, just, just go.
1: It's my turn. Uh, and then finally, before we get off of that, as someone who has really loved Elden Ring all year long, I do hope that we see From Software bring an Elden Ring expansion tease. That would be something really awesome to end the year and keep the hype for that will game going into it, 2023. Though. I will okay. after I finally will you ever beat, the beat the game. this game. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I've been trying. I'm trying my best. <laughs> uh, guys, let's get into it because we've got a great show. It has been two years of the Xbox Series X and S consoles. And we are ready to give you a small review on where we stand after two years of these consoles being out in the wild. And of course, all of you, hopefully, getting your hands on them. And if you haven't, we're going to tell you where they stand on if you should splurge this holiday season or not as we head into 2023. But of course, this is The Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, best coast time on youtube.com slash Games, And of course, on podcast services all around the globe and speaking of podcast services you too i want to give a big shout out to all the kind of funny best friends who have been tweeting at myself gary paris barrett and the whole kind of funny crew spotify wrapped has now come out for your 2022 listening season and a number of you have shared that you enjoy the kind of funny x cast or kind of funny product or even gamer tag radio or maybe gun dog out there but of course thank you all so much for sharing that with us we are so happy to be a part of your lives, and we are blessed to have you watch and listen no matter where you are. Thank you for sharing those with us and encouraging and having some fun with us each and every week on the Xcast. It means the world to me, and I know the team. Don't forget, as well, we are now Epic Games Partners, which means you can use our Epic Creator Code, Kind of Funny, at checkout anytime you buy a game off the Epic Games Store, or if you upgrade your look in Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys, use that Epic Creator Code, Kind of Funny. And finally, talking about Thanks for support. Of course, we'd like to thank our Patreon producers for the month of November, since it's the final day of November. Shout out to Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, The Kinda Funny 2, Destiny 2 PC Clan, Tall Tree 81 Joseph A. Carlson, 1UP, Pest Control, Carrie Palmer, Elliot, Brian Chaney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mindtel, The Mind, the mind, mind Freak, freak. <laughs> um, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Gertal, Al Tribesman, the Predator. Yeah, I
4: can't do the Predator noise. I'm sorry.
1: Gary, can you give me a quick Predator noise? Do you think you got it? Uh, what, is, what, is, what noise is a Predator hey, That kind hey, 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 like a clicking right? kind of
3: noise. Yeah, yeah. Isn't I can't do it. It's something like at the back
1: ha- of the throat. How about this? Can you give me a Chewbacca noise? No, I can't do that either. Yeah, I can't do that either. Paris, you got a Chewbacca noise at all? No, my daughter,
2: though. She, she she's got a really it. Good one. Oh, yeah. I love
1: that. Yeah, yeah. I had a good friend who could do it really well, and it was always the best whenever he did. It was so fun. Uh, finishing up, Jason L, James Davis at James Davis makes Mick at the nanobiologist, Abersim, uh, Ryan T from Tennessee, Derek Gregg, and Donald Eccles. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon. Of course, a big thank you to our sponsors for this week's Xcast. Chime, Shady Rays, and Mint Mobile. But myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, let's jump in to the show. As I put it out before, it has been two years since the Xbox Series X and S have come into our lives, have been on the store shelves, and a number of gamers out there have gotten their hands on the next-gen hardware from Xbox. And I want to know, where do we stand? What's your review right now of the hardware and all of the Xbox ecosystem for maybe someone who's ingrained in it or not in it right now. So I want to start off with the hardware. Gary Witter to kick us off. Tell me some of your thoughts on the hardware for the Xbox Series X and S. How you feel right now, two years in? It's
3: interesting when you say that like, they've been
1: on the shelves for two years. They haven't really been on not the shelves. Tough. It's been tough. Right? Gary. The
3: Series S, maybe. Yeah, Any time I go to like Target or a big box store, I always like just wander over to that section just to see like what's up like what's in stock yeah um and it's obviously the same with the PlayStation 5 as well but like the only thing i i i occasionally see a series s in stock mm-hmm. but i don't i don't know if i've ever seen a series x like behind the glass case like available to just buy in a store the supply issues you know are still uh not great i don't know if that's ever going to get any better and obviously the, you know and you know Anecdotal data is not really data, but I just know in my experience, and I you know, go to Target and stuff all the time, and I always look, all, whenever I go over to the Xbox section, all I see is a big empty glass case. Yeah, Maybe a Series S. So I don't know how much, you know, obviously, Sony, like I said, Sony's experiencing similar problems. Who knew? You know, I mean, you, you've got to go all the way back to the original Nintendo Wii. For a, a console that was so hard to get, and that's because there was there weren't supply issues; it was demand issues. They were like it's so in demand that you just you couldn't get it. Like, you know, even though it ended up being considered a failure, the Wii, if you remember, was like you could not find one anywhere. Everybody wanted one. Um, so that you know, that that aside, hardware-wise, you know, I I don't have a lot of complaints. I do. I, I it's interesting how every generation. Um, you can't really separate Xbox and, uh, and PlayStation anymore, right? You look at a game on Xbox, look at a game on PlayStation, Digital Foundry will do their breakdown, and it's always like maybe a frame here, maybe a frame there, may- maybe a, you know, but like you could, you can put the two versions of the game, in, like most people, I would say 99% of people could not tell you which is which, yeah. right? So there's not really, I don't think there's any difference between the two in technical performance. I think where the differences come in is in user experience. And quality of life and things like that, and some of the, some of the buzzwords that Xbox launched with, um, I think ended up being kind of like I don't, I couldn't tell you what velocity architecture is to this day. What is that? I don't know, but. It's um, a dope word, Gary. But, That's what it is. But there are, but there are clearly things that are much more visible, like yeah. uh, quick resume. Like we, we still, like quick resume was a cool novelty when it first launched. But two years later, I still love it. Like anytime you there see you that go. little quick resume pop up, oh, terrific! Mm-hmm. The only time it's not great is if, as I do, is if you are often kind of going back and forth between two different Xboxes, mm-hmm. or if you're playing via a cloud device or whatever, and uh, you go to quick. So let's say, let's say I. I I'm playing Vampire Survivors, which is a quick resume game, and then I go away and play it on a different Xbox. When I come back to my first Xbox, even though that's still on quick resume, it ain't going to work because it has to resolve the cloud save. Correct. So it will still make you reboot it. So in a couple of, you know, in in a, in a couple of um, circumstances, quick resume like quick resume does not work all of the time, but it is still really really nice, and I like it a lot in terms of the physical design. To me, there's no, if we, if, we, if we are doing a comparative thing, there's no concept between, like the Xbox is as reductive, the Series X is reductive a design as you're ever going to find. It is just a cuboid. That's it, right? And, you know, it, there's nothing necessarily exciting about that. But like when you're playing a game, what are you looking at? The screen or the, or the console? Some people care about the aesthetic of how it fits into their living room or whatever. The nice thing about the Xbox is it's so bland. It's so unassuming. You can stick it anywhere. And it just kind of disappears into the environment. It's not some. I think some people like to kind of stand it up like the tower, right? And like it's a kind of a showpiece. And it's this interesting kind of like 2001 monolith or whatever, and it is kind of cool. I do wish that the top part had been actual <clears> like <throat> green lights coming out that you could mm. turn on or off, rather than you know just the green paint that they used. But compared to the PlayStation 5, which my wife hates the aesthetic of so much, we had to buy a different cabinet to hide it away because it just, she thought it was so ugly. I agree. I think it's, I think it's an abomination to look at the the ergonomics of the of the PlayStation 5. Um, but hardware wise, very 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 straightforward, very simple. Um, I think. I, I I certainly don't have any, and I haven't heard any realistic or credible or plausible complaints about any aspects of the Xbox hardware. I think the only thing that that people might complain about is the only way to expand that memory mm. is with those very yeah. very very few proprietary options that are available. An issue. An issue. Even although I, you know I've joked about it, you got to get the screwdriver out. But there's a lot of different um, you know the, it's 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 a non proprietary memory expansion solution for the PlayStation Five. For the Xbox, even though it's brilliant, plug it in, boom, you're done in one second and you've got like an extra terabyte, those prices will eventually come down. But for right now, um, if you are looking to expand the memory on your, uh, the storage on your, on your Xbox, it's expensive.
1: Totally, Gary. Those are some good points right there. I I love Quick Resume. Still to this day, I really value that one. And yeah, the storage is something that I'm going to bring up. Uh, I do think the storage is a big issue, right? We heard that they are going to expand it to others to allow them to start creating these expandable hard drives, but we haven't seen them yet two years later, and we're still doing the dance of, well, everything's on the new SSDs, which we all really like. It's super fast fast. load times. The game boots up. The console boots up, right? But now you have this dance of, You only have one terabyte, so you're either going to splurge. And it it will fill up fast if you want to keep a lot of
3: games on deck.
1: Gary, I just looked at my hard drive. You know, you have those throwaway games that are always on there, but NBA 2K, 120 gigs, right? Modern Warfare with Warzone, that's 100 gigs, right? It just starts filling up so quickly on that. And like I said, you have to open up the bank and bust out the wallet to even buy any sort of these expandable cards, which are way too much money right now. And then you do the dance of, okay, well, you can plug in the USB hard drive if you'd like, but now you need to pull them back and forth. It's not going to be the same. And transferring is still, as much people say the transfer speeds are fast, they're not as fast as just turning on the game. They never will be. I just want the game to I
3: will. I will say, once, if you are willing to spend the money, once mm-hmm. you plug that little thing into the back of the Xbox and expand the memory, as I did, because I'm a sucker, I went and bought the, the expansion card when the Xbox Series X first came out. Once you plug it in, it is really nice. You can have so many games on deck at any one time. Like yeah. I, I, scroll through like all the games that are installed and ready to play on my Xbox, and it's a lot. Like mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I had to remove something. In fact, I've never had to remove something to bring something else in. Like you know, I've I've removed things because I'm done playing them and I can I, I'm, I can free up the space. But I've never had to remove something that I might want to play again another day because I want to get something else in right now. The other thing before just b- before we move on. Um, just real quick, let's let's not forget when we're talking about the Series X, we're only talking about half the equation, less than half the equation, potentially if we're talking about sales. When they first announced the Series S, yep. I didn't know what that I I admit, I didn't know I did not know what that was all about. I didn't <laughs> I didn't understand I didn't understand the strategy. Yeah. I thought it looked odd. It looked like a it looked like a Bluetooth speaker or something. Yeah, I was like, what yeah. the hell is that thing? But when they sent it to me and I checked it out, first of all, I was struck by how like everyone is struck by how small it is when they first see it. Again, very, very unassuming design will fit into whatever vibe or aesthetic you've got in whatever room you might have. And the thing that is really amazing, it really is the little engine that could, right? Again, I I watch a lot of these digital foundry videos and they will often point out because they'll test it on the Series S as well and say, in many cases, the difference in performance between the X and the S is pretty minimal. Yeah, there are compromises and there are often notable compromises, but I keep coming back to that little catchphrase I've used again and again. For 200, I think it's like 249 now you can get it. The best console... For most people, if you don't care about super high end performance, if you're not one of these digital foundry pixel counters, if you're not, if you, if you don't care about, you know, if you don't necessarily care about 4K, most people <coughs> don't even have 4K TVs. For most people, it is an incredible value. My big strike against it, because we have just talking about storage, storage is just not, just not good enough. And if there is an upgrade that I would like to, there's two new, I'll talk about the other one later, but if there's two, there's two SKUs that I would like to see Microsoft add to the hardware family, and one of them is an upgraded Series S with a terabyte of storage. If they right. could get a terabyte of storage in there and keep the price the same, which maybe they will do as, you know, inevitably component prices come down, that would be an absolute, like, there's no caveat. So I would recommend the Series S to you, but I would say, but with the caveat, you're going to be juggling games because 512 gigs is going is to, like you said, one, you know, Modern Warfare or whatever, that's like 150, like, like right <laughs> off the bat. You're going to, you, you know, you might only have like three or four games on your console, At once, and you're juggling all the time. If they could get that up to to a terabyte, I think that's something you can recommend to someone without any reservations.
1: Yeah. Paris, I want to talk hardware with you. Where do you stand two years later? Of course, you are our guy. Paris, you got all the consoles. You got all the big stuff in that powerful PC of yours. Where does the Xbox Series X and S stack up two years later? Is it still hitting that quote-unquote next-gen hardware that we want to see?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because uh, again, I don't want to repeat a lot of what Gary's already touched on because I think he nailed it from a hardware standpoint as far as what the X and the S can do. But when you look at it two years out, you know the pandemic obviously w- was a huge issue, especially when we talk about the S with uh, you know being able to add additional storage at a reasonable price. You know the prices are still pretty inflated for that additional storage, but. I was lucky enough uh, to interview Jason Ronald right after the launch of, of the X and the S, or what's right before, it doesn't matter, but it was around the time of the launch. And um, the thing that ultimately sold me on the S was the fact that it's the same CPU as the X. It's basically less memory, obviously less storage, but it's the same exact CPU. And that allows them to do all the quick resume, the you know, the fast, the fast load times, everything. So to Gary's point, I mean, Having an S in my house and ironically enough, I was over at, at Danny's house uh, right after launch and he had the S. I didn't have it at launch and I'm at his house and they had the S and we were playing like Tetris effects or something like that. And I think we were playing Destiny 2 as well. And that's what sold me. I go, well, this is just like the X at home. I'm just playing it at 1080p. Other than that, there's really no difference. That's what sold me on it. I went and bought one the next day, got it from my kids. And it's the most played thing in my house even more so than the X. I mean the X obviously is is a, a a powerhouse. There's no doubt about that. I mean when we start getting these games like Forza and Starfield and Hellblade 2 and all the rest in 2023, I mean the the X is truly going to shine in that at that aspect from a 4K, you know, fidelity standpoint, but don't definitely don't sleep on the S. The only knock that I can put on that S right now is as Gary already said that 512 of storage. I mean you will run out and have to juggle things around, but if they get that one terabyte one S in the market and they can keep it around that two ninety nine price point or less, I mean that that thing's going to fly off sh- shelves for sure. Because it, if you don't care about four K, it, it's a fantastic console. Um, I will like say, I said, if yeah.
4: if you're someone like me, I, I use my Series S a lot uh, for. Like, uh, through Game Pass, like, playing a bunch of old-school games and stuff like that. And if you're not... As long as you're not doing, like, the next-gen kind of games, like, the storage space you can you can have a lot of fun with and stuff like that. Because I feel mm-hmm. like I've got, like, ten... 10 to 15 games on that thing, I'm not worrying too much about uh, storage and stuff like that, so <laughs> hey. uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, hey, it's my Vampire Survivors machine. Yeah, right it, it's, like, it's like my old school Star Wars yeah. uh,
4: like, I've got like episode 3 downloaded on there and stuff like that, and yeah, like you guys are saying, it's like you know, it's not the Fidelity thing. I have it in my living room for, like, our kind of smaller entertainment center. The The PS5 lives uh, where, where I have my 4K OLED, and it, it's honestly perfect for that. So, uh, yeah, I love uh, using the, the Series S to kind of play old school I games mean, if you, and it, chill it, out.
3: If you think about it, there isn't anything yet, and I'm sure Microsoft have a rule that they would never do this. There isn't anything that will, like, you can only play this on the X. Like, yes. the, we just can't do this on no. the S. Or... It, again, maybe someone can, can write in in the comments and let me know if I'm wrong. But I'm not aware of anything that like r- runs badly on the S. Like don't even like it's out on the S, but don't even bother getting it. Like I'm not even aware of it. Like, anything that falls beyond like what you consider like an acceptable quality barrier. I don't think like again it doesn't run as good as the X, but it runs plenty good enough.
2: The uh, well, and that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it has the same CPU, <laughs> that that's the big thing about it is you don't have to worry. As soon as I heard that, I go, okay, this isn't going to hold things back if you're not trying to play it at 4K. If you're playing it at 1440p or 1080p, this is going to be able to push games similar to what the X would do at 4K. So yeah, it, it's a phenomenal machine. And I was definitely skeptical about it when I first heard about it, but you know, getting one in my home it's absolutely sold me on it, and here we are two years later, like I said, it is the most played thing in my house without question. Now, it's, I, do- um,
3: I was going to say going back oh. to that because it combines a couple of things, going back to the storage uh issue. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and it being, you know, the the, the the storage being expensive and there not being enough in the S. That's the problem. There's not even like an upgrade path to fix that problem, right? You buy the, right. you buy the Series S for 299 or maybe 249 now because they've got this holiday deal going on. But if you want to upgrade the storage, because there's only a handful of these proprietary and very expensive options mm-hmm. available, you're looking at another couple of hundred bucks to plug
1: in the storage, get it up to one terabyte or more. And th- at that point, you may as well have bought a Series yeah, yeah. X. Might as well have the X, yeah. that's right. So my only reservations on the S before I get into some of my positives. Of course, without the disc tray, right? We talked about the disc drive and where that stands of, oh, you're saving the money, you don't have it there. It's all digital, right? There's a number of backwards compatible games, of course, if you're a fan like me going back to the old school that you can't play without the disc tray, right? Now, this this make or break, of course not, right? No, it's trivial. It issue. is one of those things where I wish I could be able to play 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. On this console, but I can't because it has a good choice, by the way, in the disc tray. Right. And so one of our best friends wrote in Travers wrote in and says, hey, Gary, with a Paris Lily and your boy Snowbike, Mike, do you think we will ever see a disc drive down the line for the Xbox Series S? consoles there. You talked about upgrades, Gary. You talked about what you'd want to see. Do we ever see a portable disc drive like they did with the Xbox 360? And what was that, Paris? Was that Blu-rays back then when we were switching over H- from DVD? Yeah.
3: HD DVD. I bought one of those. It came with the King Kong movie on HD DVD.
1: So do you think we'll ever see a disc drive somehow, some way, because we heard it in the first year of, hey, there's a number of us that have these games on disc, but we can't play them for backwards compatible, no, I don't games. think so.
3: it's nope. it' I think I think I think it's it, it's a it's a it's a solution to a problem that no one's really bothered about. like I said it's um it's a, a on the margins issue plugging in a disk drive. I just don't think there'd be a market for it. it's an inelegant solution, like who yeah. wants an extra component, you know with a wire hanging out and that whole stuff. um you know, maybe again, this one maybe the a better solution if they're going to do that would just be to ship a new skewer, a series s with a disk drive built in. But, I, but that's not the direction the market's heading. The market's headed away from physical media. It's headed towards digital. And this is going to go to my other point. So the other skew that I would want to see. So the one is, is Series S, as is, just with more storage, at least yeah. a terabyte of storage. The other one I would want to see, and I've been going on about this since they announced the lineup, is a diskless Series X at 399 yeah. which would match... Sony can remember, the, I think that's one thing that Sony did better. I, overall, Microsoft did it better with the X and the S. They're two very interesting, quite different offerings with radically different price points. But I thought what Sony did was also interesting with the disc PS5 at 500 and the discless one, which is the one I wanted. I couldn't get it at 400. Yeah. Um, I would like to see next year add to the Xbox family a discless Series X at 399 I think there would be a big market for that. I, me chiefly, I mean, obviously I've already got my black. Like, if I was buying another Series X, that's the one I would want. The disc drive in my Series X at home could be broken for all I know. Yep. I've never had cause to use <laughs> yeah, it.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: I don't want a disc drive. I don't, I, I don't, again, like, again, every now and again, yeah, maybe, 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 you're, maybe you're like, you're stoned one Friday night and you've got a Jonesy for some 50 cent blood in the sand. But for the most part, it's it's a it's a to me. You remember like when PCs kind of crossed the Rubicon, and like the idea of having a physical drive in a PC felt like a vestigial thing from the past. Like when you when you buy a PC now, a gaming PC, or you build one, like. To to add a to add a, a physical media drive to it, yeah, it's it's, it's almost impossible. To, I mean, you can still do it, but it's like you got to like drag way down in the menu to even find that as an option. Nobody wants that anymore. The, the market's moving away from that. So as we move forward, I think you're going to see a move towards getting the disc drive out of the system rather than adding disc drives or adding you know add-on options or, or that kind of stuff.
1: My one thing I do want to add in, and of course, is 120 frames. Per second right the option of the hdmi 2.1 the power of the console both consoles to be able to get up to 120 right as someone who plays a lot of competitive first person shooter titles as andy will always tell you here kind of funny frames win games and i love the opportunity and the option to be able to switch that on and get 120 frames if that is so needed and that's what i want out of certain titles right when i look at halo i look at call of duty those are the things that i want i will take the graphical downstep right of moving away from the true 4K and getting the things that I need to have the up-res up it, on the frames let me
3: ask you this is there even a way to know if if your game is running on the series X at 120 yes over in the settings you ha- you have mm-hmm. to go in there and actually click that on for so i mean you so you can enable it but when a, when a when a given game pops up it's not like you know how like the HDR logo mm-hmm. pops up or Dolby Vision to let you know that you're that it's going into that mode yeah I, there's nothing like that. It's not like a 120. Well, this game's going to be in 120 frames. Like, I may, I may or may not play. have played games on my Series X that are running 120 frames. I don't know because I'm not even aware. Is, is there much of a noticeable difference? <laughs> there's a noticeable difference between 30 and 60. 30 and 60. I yes. don't know if there's a noticeable difference between 60 and 120.
1: Uh, after playing a number of times from 60 to 120, there's definitely a noticeable difference. Okay. I think the common audience of the Xbox Series X and S probably won't take advantage of 120 all that often right you got to have the special monitor you got to have the special television we're not really You got to have a TV that's yet.
3: that's the thing there's been yeah. many articles written about this like you know 120 frames it's not as simple as you think you've got to yeah. ha- you got to have a, a TV that supports it and you know only the high end ones do currently and you got to have the right cable now the Series X does ship the HDMI cable will support 120 frames. Right. That's why they tell you, use the cable that comes in the box. If you just plug in your fucking Amazon Basics HDMI cable, <laughs> it ain't going to happen. It's not working. Because, uh, you know, it, that many frames can't fit in through that cable. It's just science, right? We all, yeah. we all understand how that works. Um, but I, I don't know if it's a huge thing. Uh, I mean, a lot of this is bullshit. The PlayStation 5
1: ships with an 8K logo on the box. What the fuck is that? Ain't no one playing games in 8K. 8K, baby. One day, Gary. One day. Of course, when we look at the hardware, it does feel like both consoles are taking the step in the right direction of next-gen gaming, right? When you look back on the Xbox One, the Xbox One S, the Xbox One X, when you look at the new consoles here after two years, you do feel that, you see that, you play that, right? That It does feel next-gen when I look at these two after two years. So I'm really pleased with that. But of course... The hardware isn't all of the picture, now is it, Paris? Because, of course, we also need games, Gary Whitta. And that's what we're going to talk about right after a word from our
0: sponsors shout out to mint mobile for sponsoring this episode this holiday season the best deal in wireless can only be found at mint mobile right now when you switch to mint mobile and buy any three-month plan you'll get another three months for free mint mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM, while saving tons on phone plans starting at just 15 dollars a month i've had my mom using mint mobile long before this holiday deal and i have to say now is the perfect time to switch all plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. or if you need a new device for a limited time get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan for a limited time buy any three-month mint mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com kinda funny that's mintmobile.com kinda funny cut your wireless bill to 15 dollars a month at mintmobile.com slash kind of funny. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? I don't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secure Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash games Games. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs at 7 Eleven or any all point or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. So, again, start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash KF games. That's chime.com slash KF games games shout out to shady rays for sponsoring this episode look how cool i look you too can look this cool without breaking the bank this holiday season shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of 200 shades for a fraction of the price and a fraction of that price during their biggest black friday sale ever the best part about shady rays is their insane protection program featuring lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your shades on day one They told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no. Questions asked. Dropped in the lake, off a cliff, anything. If you get the wrong style for yourself or someone else, no need to worry. Avoid the hassle and the forced thank yous with free 30 day exchanges and returns. You will either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. Act now for their best Black Friday selection. Redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. All right,
1: everyone, welcome back. Thank you to our sponsors for another week of kind of funny X-Cast content. Of course, we talked hardware at the beginning. It's been two years of brand new consoles, and that means games, games, games. And we had an interesting year this past year. We had a great year the first year, some may say. Uh, We stand in a different kind of period here where Game Pass reigns supreme. Man third party uh, partnerships have really carried some of these months and moments for us. First party, some people would say kind of lacking this year, maybe even last year. But, Paris Lily, I'm going to kick it off with you first. Let's talk games these past two years for your Xbox Series X and S consoles. Where do we stand on the games when we talk about our review of these past two years?
2: I'll put it into a letter grade and say we're at probably about a C- minus. when okay. it comes to, and, and I'm speaking strictly Xbox game studio games, not third party stuff that you can play on other platforms. When you think about what you're getting directly from Xbox, I mean, Psychonauts 2 obviously was great. Force Horizon 5 was great. You know, we just saw a game like like Pentiment that that just came, you know, from their internal studios. Your mileage is going to vary with with Halo Infinite, as we already know. Um, So, you know, when when we go back to 2020 at the reveal and we saw the games that they hinted at, the only one that we've gotten is halo i believe I, I could be mistaken on that but it just goes to show you the lack of, of titles that they've had from their internal studios you know the past couple of years we obviously have talked you know <clears throat> ad nauseum about what we know is coming in 2023 and beyond but when we just look at the first two years on its own there's definitely been a lack of, of games from their internal studios 100 percent. they know it we know it um it's been a huge gap for them and uh you know as we go into go into year three um it's something they definitely need to remedy
1: Gary Winter, let me break down some of the games that we got over these past two years from our first party studios of course for everybody out there watching and listening please add to the comments correct me if i missed anything but this is what i got on my tracker right now in 2021 you had halo infinite microsoft flight sim forza horizon 5 psychonauts 2 age of empires 4 sea of thieves a pirate's life then in twenty twenty two, we had Pentiment grounded. Deathloop did come to the Xbox platform. Top Gun Maverick Flight Sim, Forza Horizon Hot Wheels. Gary Paris gave us a little uh grading on that. Where's your grade fall when it comes to first party turnout?
3: I was thinking I was thinking along the lines of a different scale. Overall, I would give it a seven out of ten. Okay. okay. Um yeah, 70%. Yeah.
4: Uh, now, Mike, you got to do the kind of funny scale when you give yours.
3: I will, I will. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think absolutely it could be better in terms of first-party exclusives. Phil Spencer's admitted as much. I think yeah. it's been a little bit underwhelming the first couple of years. I will sit here on an Xbox podcast as someone for whom the Xbox is my preferred platform. I play my Xbox much more than my PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5 has better first-party exclusives, and it's not close. I'll, I'll admit that. I'll happily give you that one. Sony, the Sony, again, whether it be God of War, Uncharted, Last of Us, Spider-Man, they've, they've got better first party exclusives. Um, Microsoft has very little that, comp- that can compete in that space. And I've said all along, that's an area where they really, really need to step up their game. Now you throw in Game Pass and all the indies and everything else. That's closer to a nine or a 10. Like, who, who, like who's going to complain about Game Pass? There's so much good shit there. Um, right. And, like, if you, if all this is the thing, we, we talked about this many times, especially with Game Pass. If all you care about is AAA, that's fine. Go get a PlayStation 5. You probably will be happier there. If you care about the whole world of games, and Paris and I, you know, Vampire Survivors is my game of the year. Absolutely 100% my game of the year. It's one of the best games I've ever played. Um, Paris has fallen in love with it as well. But it's not – just because of the nature of it, because it's this weird little 8-bit looking you know, $3 game on Steam that came to Game Pass, people don't take it seriously. It's, you know, it got shut out of the Game Awards. I think that's, I think that's outrageous. Um, you look at Cold of the got Lamb.
4: nominated for uh, Best Debut. Indie. Should
3: be, it should have been on the big boy list for overall game of the year. Don't get me started, Barrett. Um, I'll Cult get of, you started. Cult of the Lamb. You know, there's been some, and, 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 and again, we could go all day. Remember Paris? Remember Rain on Your Parade? Like all these little delightful oh, yes. games. Yeah, yeah, I love it. All game. these little delightful games. My kid still plays Rain on Your Parade. She's been playing the DLC. So many delightful indies. So here's what I would say. Um, I, think, yeah, I think it evens out to a 7 out of 10 because it breaks down into two categories. Triple A, I'd, I'd honestly give it a 5 or a 6. Okay. Game Pass, I'd give it a 9 or a 10. Even it all out, it comes out as like a seven, seven and a half.
1: I like that, Gary. I like that. And that's what I wanted us to talk about is because, yeah, we can touch on the first party turnout, (laughs) but also you have to add in Game Pass. And Sarah Bond and the team out there that has done these partnerships have done an incredible job getting us a lot of day one. The The game is releasing here. This is not a first party studio. It's on Game Pass and on that service. And we've gotten some really great games on that. So I do, I'm glad that you're bringing it all together because when I look at this list, Forza Horizon 5 was absolutely incredible. What I mean, that's probably the Forza flagship Horizon. title on, on the Xbox yep. right now. Uh, Psychonauts 2, we all loved, right? It's awesome to see Age of Empires come back. Sure, it was on PC exclusive. It is coming to console here next year. Pirate's Life was really, really great. Halo Infinite was great. And then it's just been quiet, of course, after all of that. But when I look at my Game Pass, oh my gosh, Gary, you said it so well. X-O-1 unpacking. X-O-1's incredible. Unpacking. You suck at parking. Outriders day one. We weren't going to buy Outriders, but man, did we play a bunch of things. (laughs) uh, Shout
4: out another one that uh, got overlooked uh, that's also on Game Pass. Tinykin. Tinykin. I played Uh, Uh played it on my Xbox.
1: Uh, I'm going down to Nobody Saves the World. We talk about these indie games that we love. Nobody Saves the World was there. A big one. I mean, we all can agree. Personally, I know you'll back me up on this one. The partnership to get MLB the show oh. on Game Pass? Yeah, get a big out of town. Yeah. Day one on the Game Pass. We're not spending $60 or $70 for one of the best sports sims on the planet. Come on now. So And
3: this, and this is, why, and this is why I would say, again, if someone was asking to, for me to recommend, so I want to get a next-gen console. I can get a Series X or a PlayStation 5 i would i I wouldn't just like make a blanket recommendation, I would ask them you know, what they're interested in, and i would I would concede like if you like the big you know cinematic AAA, a you know mega triple a experiences like last of Us spider man um God of War uh uncharted playstation yeah. but if you care about the entire universe of games and everything that's out there, get an Xbox and a game pass and you are set for life yeah exactly and yeah, also, and, and
2: that's oh, and that's the thing, and that's the thing about it you know. If, if you just solely judge it on on the internal stuff then yeah you're you're gonna have to knock it down to like a seven out of ten or a three out of five right just because we've seen all these delays but when you look at overall when you add in a service like game pass and all the third-party stuff that you've been able to play it, it's a fantastic platform to play those games on and having that service has introduced me to so many games that i may not have played otherwise and we've obviously talked about this a million times but that to me is a way to, to overall judge Xbox over, over these past couple years. Have you had, if you own an Xbox, have you had fun playing games the past couple years on Xbox? Yes. hundred percent. I have because of the, the entire lineup. And like you said, what, what game pass and what Sarah bond and her team has done to part with partnerships to bring a lot of that stuff there day one, it's been phenomenal. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not complaining, you know, owning an Xbox that's for sure.
3: Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, to put a positive spin on it, I think that in the years ahead, you know, the generations last longer now. Console generations used to last, like, what, five years? Now they, now they last closer to 10. So mm-hmm. two years in, we're still, like, you know, kind of in the infancy of these, of these consoles. Microsoft, no. Phil Spencer knows that, you know, that, that AAA deficit is an issue. Why didn't they spend all that money on Bethesda? Why did they spend all that money on Activision Blizzard? Because that is a way to, you know, hyperspeed their way to some kind of parody. In the AAA exclusive space, and I think in the years ahead, you're going to see that gap narrow.
1: Yeah, we've talked a lot about Xbox needs the games; they don't have the games. They got the studios, but the games aren't here quite yet. We keep talking about 2023 and beyond, but it's not here in the present day. No, if you're, you're if do. you're
3: if you're looking at the last two years to date, mm-hmm. yeah, tri- the, the the big AAA exclusives have been underwhelming. But again, Game Pass I, to me makes it up and more on the other side.
2: Yeah, but you you know something, because, uh, you know, I mentioned Todd Howard doing, doing that Lex Friedman podcast and him talking about Starfield as an example, right? That was a game that they were pretty confident about 11-11, 2022. We were supposed to already be, we should have already reviewed it and played it, right? Yep. Um, but he talked about why it was delayed, and he was he's pretty honest and straightforward about it in saying that they probably could have made the date, like in years past of Bethesda, they probably could have pushed it. And being confident, like all right, we can make this date and and do what they needed to do. But instead, now being a part of Xbox, they decided let's just let's let's take more time. This needs more time. I mean, we make sure that we get it right.
3: We live in a post cyberpunk age, right? Where we we Mm -hmm. would hope that people have learned the lessons of that, And, and and I think they have. You know, I think Phil made the even though we were all disappointed at the time, made the right choice to delay Halo Infinite. They delayed it for a year, and it was still undercooked. Right. There was still a bunch of stuff that wasn't there, you know, um, no campaign co-op. No, you know, minimal. uh, The multiplayer was great, but not enough of it to sustain interest, which is why they ended up getting into trouble. And only now I think are starting to catch up with Forge and some of the other stuff that they're doing. Um, Yeah, it was it was a big it was it was a big issue. And I think you look at um, what happens when you don't when you prioritize a date. As they did with Cyberpunk, and it's only now that cyber, the Cyberpunk narrative starting to turn around. You know, you notice that people are saying after so many patches, people are finally saying Cyberpunk is the game that it should have been at launch. That's true, but it should have been at it should have been that at launch. That's what you have the right to expect is a, is a properly polished, finished game that performs well and has all the features that have been endlessly hyped all along. So, like, we're not here, like you know, rending our garments because stuff like you said, Barry's right, it should have been out by now. But it's not like the world came to an end because it didn't come out. It will come out when it's ready. And then, you know, we've given them the time and we'll be able to judge them, uh, the game on its merits. Rather than saying, oh, you know, it's missing a bunch of stuff. But, you know, at least, hey, no one, no one ever says this, right? Oh, the game sucks. But at least it shipped on time. No one cares <laughs> yeah. about that shit. Yep, yeah,
1: yep, yeah, never. Uh, let's end this one with the games. I think this is a pretty good question coming in from DJ Brad Chill. He writes and says, what's good, guys? Two years in, and we're facing a solid amount of known quantities in games to come from Team Xbox. But for y'all, which ones have? This is capital have to be successful. (laughs) Gary Widow, when you talk about a delayed game is a good game because it's got the time to cook up and be better, which games in the Xbox library have to be great?
3: I don't think they can afford for Starfield to be anything less than a 10 out of 10. Agreed on that one. I'm telling you Gary, this
1: has to be a game of a generation.
3: Cuz not only stuff. not only is it, you know, the you know, we've talked about this before, right? From the you know, this, you know, there was there was Elder Scrolls, then there was Fallout, and now there's Starfield, right? You're coming off this is like the third pillar yep. of, you know, a, of of those of those games that are like the Fallout um series is a 10 out of 10 classic. The Elder Scrolls series across the board is a ten out of ten classic. This has to be on the same level of that, or people are gonna, are not, people are gonna know. And, then, and don't forget also, it's the poster child for this seven billion dollar acquisition of Bethesda. Right? There's there's so much riding on it in terms of expectation, in terms of optics, in terms of what it represents for Xbox. And, you know, buying Bethesda and Bethesda's not perfect. Right. Much like Blizzard, you know, these the, the developers that in years past have been considered, you know, um, infallible. Like, you know, I mean, when Blizzard, when I used to edit PC Gamer in the 90s, Blizzard was infallible. Look at where their reputation is now. Look how far they've fallen. Bethesda was infallible for, for, for much longer. And then, you know, it started to slip. You know, we, we were talking about Youngblood earlier. Fallout 76 was a mess at launch. Uh, You know, there was, there's been a big backlash towards Bethesda in recent years. So there's that too. They need, they need to respond to that and say, listen, we've made some mistakes in the past, but when we really bring it as like, when we do with like a brand new, you know, standard bearer franchise like Starfield, we can, we can still do it. We can still be the Bethesda that you remember and love. So there's so much riding on that one. Yeah.
1: Paris, what has, what has to be perfect?
2: So before I give mine, going back to Starfield really quick in that, that Todd Howard interview, he even touched on that as well. They have an awareness that now that they're a part of Xbox, they have that responsibility to the all of Xbox game studios. Yeah, this this is kind of a flagship game. So they need to make sure that they get it right. So I, I think that's important too. So Starfield is definitely a, it has to be great type of game. I think another one, which will be a little further down the road is Fable. Okay, I think Fable Fable is another game that they just, they have to get right. That that has to be a big one for them. Huge hit. Everyone's talking about it. Like Gary said, 10 out of 10 type of game. Um, I mean, when I think in the interim, some other ones that are definitely going to need to be huge, huge hits for them. Hellblade two is going to be another one, especially since they've been talking about that game since before the series X was even out. So when that eventually does launch, it needs to be good. We we talk about the initiative with Perfect Dark. I mean, that's going to be their debut game from that studio. That that needs to also be another great game that comes from their internal studios. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> the list could probably go on. But just when I think of, think of those off the top of my head, those are those are definitely ones that I feel are going to need to be hits for for Xbox. I mean,
3: when you think about it, it's kind of an odd question: what games need to be successful? If you flip that around. Yeah. And say so like what? Yeah, what exactly? Like what? What well, games? What? What? What games does it not matter if they're successful? None of them. Mm-hmm. I, 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 none of the big ones. You know, maybe the ones. Maybe like the the Bs and the and 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 the, and the double Bs and the triple Bs. Yeah, yeah. I sound like Ryan Gosling in um what? in the in the in uh, the Big Short with his little pat tile, the little pat Jenga blocks. Um, you know, it's games where there's not a huge amount of expectation. Yeah, it's a bummer if they're not successful, but it's but it's not going to cause like seismic shockwaves. But if anything, Fable, Perfect Dark, um, Starfield, Redfall, any any of these standard bearers where there's a lot of expectation, it's not acceptable for any of them to fail.
1: Paris, what
2: do you got yeah, to that before I go? C- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I completely agree on what Gary's saying, but I just think think to kind of add on to that, I view it in the sense of bringing up those specific titles, like we're, we're talking about the Game Awards next week, right? What, what are two games that everyone has on their mind for Game of the Year? God of War, Ragnarok, Elden Ring. You want to see Xbox Game Studios in that same discussion, right? So so that's kind of where a Starfield, this time next year, if we're not talking about Starfield in the Game of the Year discussion at the Game Awards, that's, not that it's a failure. Failure is too strong of a word, but that's going to be a huge disappointment for them. I I think that's fair to say. They're going to want that game to be top of mind for gamers at the end of the year. And if Starfield isn't there, that is going to be a disappointment, you know, not only for Bethesda, but I think for Xbox as well, but a game like Minecraft legends, as an example, if it's not, that's okay. I mean, but you still want it to be good, but I'm not expecting Minecraft legends to be game of the year type of material.
1: That's good right there, Pat. Yeah. That's a good, good one right there. And yeah, I, I follow up with you guys on, of course, Starfield, Perfect Dark Fable, I'm going to do something a little different. The Coalition and the next Gears title Mm -hmm. I think has to be perfect because right now, 4 and 5, I don't think, as many people will say, I'm sure I'll get roasted in the comments, people will say they're great, and I agree, they're very good games, but I think we've lost the Gears hype quickly after those games released, right? Either a diehard multiplayer game, Gamer, or you're gone right away, right? We got a little taste of greatness with Hive Busters, which was truly phenomenal. But I think this next Gears title needs to bang. This one needs to show you why this franchise should stick around and into the future, or if it's time to maybe sunset that and let this talented team start to create something a little bit different. But I think
3: Gears needs to be big. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here on an podcast. (laughs) Um, I don't think, aside from the first game, which was terrific, and I still remember that. I was thinking, literally thinking about this the other night for some reason. Um, the co- you know, the cover system, the roadie run, yeah. the active reload—like that game felt so good. Like it was so much fun to play that game. Like all the bullet hits, like felt really crunchy. Chainsawing the, the the bad guys like up close, and they had that cinematic vibe to it. It just, it just, it was so good. I just kind of feel like since then, Gears of War. Has, it, it has never really felt like truly triple A. I think it's like two and a half A. I think it's like just under like, what, what we think of as like. like, 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 like we, I didn't think to think of it until you just, I was, oh yeah, Gears of War as well. Like it's, ne- it's not, it's, it feels like it should be. I always think like the, t- if you really like ask me to think about it, yeah, I, like the, the, the three central pillars of like the Xbox first party mm-hmm. um, platform right now is Gears, Forza and Halo, right? But, I, but Gears is the one I kind of forget about.
1: Gears, this, though, has kind often. of been like the little brother to Halo. They're, they're good games.
3: games, and the first game is an absolute stone cold classic. And I and I had I have I, I played some Horde games um, in Gears of War two II and three. That are some of my favorite gaming memories ever. But I just kind of felt like, in terms of excitement and being on the tips of people's tongues when they think about like, what's the next big game you're excited about? It's it just I don't know. It just I don't, I don't know if this makes sense to you if you're like vibing on this, but it just they feel like they. Come just short a little bit these days in terms of being top of mind when you ask people like, "What are the what are the biggest game franchises out there?" I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to get shit for this in the comments yeah, now. I don't, right. Right. Um,
2: I, it, look, after Killer Instinct, I'm not following your
3: lead. I'll yeah, tell yeah. You I, that right now. I won't follow <laughs> your lead fully, but I just <laughs> let me like, let me okay, let me just go all in. Yeah. You can clip this one. Okay. Nobody
1: gives a shit about Gears of okay, War. Okay, that's an insane <laughs> statement, Gary. But yes, Gears of War six in my mind. When we put the half. When we say have to be successful in all capital, letters, oh uh, no question six. Has to be successful. It has to be big. It has to continue to push that franchise forward. Because I don't think that the love from four and five have been the same since the very No, and I and I and, I, and I,
3: this is exactly to in a weird way we're agreeing with each other. I think part of the reason why it's almost doubly important that Gears of War needs to come back and come back in a big way is that I think it has been perceived to have fallen off a little bit. And it need, and it needs to come back with a statement game that says Gears of War is not Gears of War is not only back,
1: but it's back like. Bigger, than, bigger and yep. better than ever. And that team is talented enough to do that, for sure. Let's wrap this conversation up. Of course, we got to talk really quickly about accessories. Of course, when you look at the new Xbox, you got a brand-new controller. Sure, it's kind of the same the Xbox One controller, but it's got the share button that we all love. You enjoy that. Of course, you have the adaptive controller. You have the newly designed, designed labs that has both the standard controller and the elite controllers. Mm-hmm. We've now stepped into... The Elite controller is the best controller on the market, hands down. It is incredible, and everybody should be playing on that and using those back buttons. We've gotten a brand-new Xbox headset that is not only affordable, but has really incredible use of the Bluetooth where it can connect to your phone and the, and the Xbox yep. at the same time to allow you to connect to Discord and so many other things. We are making strides in the accessory area with Xbox that are very, very strong. I'm very pleased with everything. I don't think I can dig them at all. On any of the Xbox accessories that I can think of, I'm very pleased with what I see coming out of them.:
3: no it's been, it's been really good again, the, the, you know uh, why why broke why, why, why you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it the, you know, the the evolution from the Xbox one to the series X controller is almost unnoticeable its share button um, things that you barely even notice like it just has a slightly rougher feel to it like it's yep. a little bit it's a little bit grippier uh, in the hand um, it, to me, again, to, to me, it is the best controller on the market. I like it better. The DualSense is way better than the DualShock for me, but I still like the... Uh, and I think the DualSense, like, aesthetic look, looks better and has more bells and whistles, the touchpad and the microphone and some really, really, and, and speaker yeah. built into it, and the, and, the, and, the, and the haptic stuff is way better. But in terms of just, like, for an everyday controller that you want to have in your hand all day long when you're playing games, to me, the Series, X, Series S controller is the best one uh, on the market. The only thing I'd say about the Elite controller... And it is a fantastic controller. It really feels like a premium item, right? As opposed to like a child's toy, which a lot of game controllers can feel like. You you pick it up out of the thing and it's like, man, this thing has some heft and weight to it. And you can feel that it's, you know, premium materials. That's my only strike against it. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like when I would play using the Elite controller for a real long time, like when I was like really hooked on Halo Infinite, I would play it for hours at a time, like long into the night with the Elite controller. Depending on how you're, you're holding it, um after a while i started to feel the weight of it like it's it's heavy and you know the the nice thing about the xbox the, the basic controllers is lightweight right you never you never feel like it's a chore to hold after a while for a really long play session maybe i've just got like limp wrists or something but after a long play session it's you start to feel like man i wish this wasn't quite so heavy it, is, it just
1: it has a lot of weight to it. Can That's, I recommend you a controller though? Yeah, go on. For all the best friends out there that are watching and listening, if you like the Xbox Series Elite controller, maybe it's too heavy, maybe it's too expensive. Check out that Victrix controller that I got right, that I reviewed here on the XCast. I believe with you, Paris, we talked about the headset and the controller. That yes, controller did. I use on my second uh, Xbox, and I love it. It has the back paddles and everything, but it's much <laughs> lighter, Gary. It has that lighter feel to it, and I'm really, really impressed with the Vitrix. I think it's like the Pro something controller. This is affordable, and it has the bells and whistles that I want on the back buttons. I really, <laughs> really encourage people to check that one out. And the partnerships, like we talked about that on the accessory side, have all been positive. I guess we could add in the memory sticks are too expensive, you know what I mean? But that was yeah. on the hardware side. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, a lot of the accessories very positive. Paris, what do you got for me while we start to wrap this up?
2: The one I have is, because I've been experiencing it the past couple of weeks, is Discord on Xbox. Yes. And it, it's so seamless to be able to move back and forth. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, just be tried able to yet. join. Yeah. Right on the console. So yeah, I, I love that. that that's mm. to me, when I think about the past couple of years, you know, obviously we talk about cloud and game pass and all that getting discord voice chat onto the Xbox console has been a game changer. That's, for sure.
3: that's very cool. I need to try that out. Yeah. So, but just one other thing I'll add since you mentioned it is the, that official Xbox wireless controller is really good. Really good. What was it like 80 bucks? Yep. Works seamlessly, like you said. Has the Bluetooth. It has the proprietary voice connection to the Xbox, and it has Bluetooth. So even even without like integrated Discord, and we've done this before. Like you playing, you're playing with the voice. You're playing with the, the game sound, but you've also got like Discord on your phone that's yes. feeding you Discord that. voice chat, or you can be having a phone call doing whatever. It's got the two voice connections going at once. The other, just one other thing I really like about it is I often find that with headsets the kind of the volume control can be kind of fiddly to find like it's a little wheel somewhere which way with what i like about the xbox headset is like you just turn the whole ear cup yeah this one this one for the voice game mix and this one for overall volume it's just really really easy to do my kid uses it all the time jess corden did a review recently of like here are the best xbox headsets available the best wireless ones and there was it was a bunch of third-party headsets i'm sure they're all great but the official one wasn't in. I didn't understand why because it's really good and it shouldn't be
1: overlooked. Yeah, don't yeah. overlook that one at all. And also, shout out to that team. Maybe they're up spec or something like that. Paris, maybe you can help me. The people that made the portable screen for the Xbox Series S, yeah, I love that. Spec. I want yeah. that thing so bad. But like, these are the options that you get into when we talk about accessories for these How new consoles. How often are you going to actually really use
4: like, that? Uh, oh, I'm going to
1: bring it into bed with me is what I've decided. <laughs> but the final question. Boys, as we come down to the end of this, we're talking about two years later, where we stand with the Xbox Series X and S. I have two simple questions for the both of you. Would you recommend this to somebody looking to get into the ecosystem or maybe just hasn't upgraded yet? And two, what is your score? It can be A to F or it can be one through five, whatever you prefer to call it. Tell me, would you recommend and what is your score Gary, what do you get to go for? Wait, I'm sorry, what are we asking about? What would you recommend, and what is the score? What's the grade that these consoles have after two years?
3: <sighs> Overall, like completely holistically, the, the hardware, the lineup, the price, Mainami. experience, yep. everything. I'd give the X an eight, and I'd give the S a nine. Okay, wow, okay. And you would recommend? With, I, I, would, I would recommend the Xbox Series X unreservedly. I would recommend the Series
2: S with the caveat about the storage. Okay.
1: Okay. Paris Lilly, where do we stand right now, two years later?
2: Yeah, I would, I would say definitely would recommend both. Um, I would say uh, following that number scale, the X, I would, yeah, I'd probably give it a solid eight and a half. Um, and then the, the S, I would probably give an eight. And the ding on that would be the storage. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I would I I I would put the S just above the X in terms of like the complete because the price don't forget the price. Yeah. The, the price. price is so compelling. Yeah. It does. It it's so little. It's such a cute little box. Um. I, honestly, if, if 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 that had shipped with a terabyte
1: storage, I'd have given it a ten. That okay. the 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 drop down to the nine was for the storage. Two years later, I would one hundred percent recommend this if you are ready to step up from your Xbox One consoles. And if again, you, when have you throw the money it, and the
3: time. It you, is time when you throw Game Pass into the equation because yeah. you can't not that can't not be part of the equation, right? Like if, you, <laughs> if you're going to get an Xbox, you're going to it's going to come with the free code. Yeah. But I don't know what you get when you open the box. Is it a month? Is it two weeks? I don't remember. I think it's a month. But like once you've got that, like you think of it all as one thing: the hardware and the and the subscription. That overall. I think when, if you bake that in, I think that pushes both of them closer to like a nine, maybe pushing a 10.
1: I'm at a solid eight out of 10. I'm a little bit harsher than all of you because it is the lack of games. Yeah. I think the first party yeah, content is deep. truly yeah. weighing it down. And that is the questionable call of, do you need this right now? Well, really when I look at the first party content and I look at the games, they're all playable on the Xbox one consoles. There's nothing that has been exclusive to this yet. And on top of that, there's been nothing that has blown our doors off besides Forza Horizon, which has been really, really But that's good. why I think there's two different conversations
3: here, going back to what we said earlier. If you, if you throw in Game Pass and you throw in everything that's on the system, like yep. you cannot uh, overall, you cannot say the Xbox does not have a lot of great games. It does. Where, but the, the specific ding is, and it has all the big games. It has all the Call of Duties. It has all the big you know, third-party games that are out there. Where it is lacking, when, when we say like the lack of games, I think you have to, to me, I want to specify that I, I'm talking about the lack of
1: AAA exclusive first-party yep. games. Yep. That's, that's, exactly, that's, yeah. that's the, big, the big area where they need to make up ground. All right. Well, if you are watching and listening out there, down in the comments below, where do you put the Xbox Series X and S after two years? What is the grade that you are giving it? Guys, before we go, we're going to do a little holiday shopping. That is right. The oh holidays are about to be honest, and I'm giving you the reminder... For someone you love that is a gamer, or maybe even for yourself, if you do a little self-shopping like I do, it is now time to go on over to the Xbox store online and see all of the fun seasonal favorites that they have available. And my two gaming dads, we're going to take a quick scroll down this one right now. Of course, if you're an audio listener, I'll tell you all about the cool merch that Xbox has up on their store. Because, oh boy, Christmas is here. The holidays (laughs) are here. And I'll tell you, I've said this before. I am so pleased and proud of what <clears> Team <throat> Xbox has done on the merch side. Growing up as a kid, I would die for an Xbox T-shirt or hoodie. Their merch and is just good. Didn't Their merch game is strong. Back in the early 2000s, unless you were Paris Lily going to ground zero, day zero, right? You didn't get any of this cool merch on the streets. And so to see this, I'm really pleased. So let's go down. Of course, we have the Xbox official uh, stocking right there. If you need a nice little stocking next to your fireplace, It is everything that I can imagine. It's black and red. It has the awesome Xbox logos and cool blizzard blue. It's got pink. It's got red. It's got all the holiday colors. There's an Xbox gift wrap. Over there, available. They yeah. surely
3: wait, wait. they surely need to send us some of this stuff so that we can wear it through December. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, there Gary
1: Winner, I said it earlier in the bullpen. I just got paid today, Gary, and I'm my going
3: to say, buy a say. lot of things off no, of this You don't have to school. buy anything. Uh, Jeff Rubenstein, I know you're watching. <laughs> I'm a 2XL. What are you? I'm a large. He's a large. <laughs> Paris, what are you?
2: I'm an XL. You know Jeff, <laughs> what
1: to do. Jeff, I'm go. about to buy probably 10 items off this store because oh as we God, keep Mike, scrolling down... The one thing I'll warn, right...
4: The wrapping paper, super cool, also at a good price because, you know, like it, mm-hmm. they could have gone higher than that if they wanted to get like real exclusive with it. The one warning, though, is because it's all Xbox label, you got to make sure you're packaging that. Uh, if you're wrapping this for a kid, that's got to be an Xbox. Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. I, I know you're in your head. You're like, oh, that might be cute to gift my my uh, a child like one of the this Xbox hoodie. Unless they uh, don't already have an Xbox, like that better be an Xbox, because they're looking at that wrapping paper and they're going, oh shit. It's
1: time. This is an uh, Xbox. Let's keep scrolling down. Of course, you have the Xbox Sphere. This is kind of like the big branding they've been using for a lot of their t shirts and a lot of cool designs for different games. It has the nice little reef around it with some nice Christmas lights all circling it. You have your ugly holiday sweater for Age of Empires, which I really, really oh, like. Oh, look at that! <laughs> yeah, ornaments galore. Of course, the A B X Y, your favorite symbols, even more. But if we keep going down this, two things I want to point out. One, this uh, all wood Xbox logo right here. Oh, no, that's nice. Of course, yeah, course, For yeah, your yeah. desk setup, the cool part about this is that X B or uh, that Xbox. X-B-O-X, is not actually together, so you can move the letters. You can arrange it. But the way they had it arrange
3: it in a square, that's like a nice little piece. Yeah, very, very nice. Ta- very nice. tasteful.
1: Very classy. And then keeping it going down, I just want to show one more. Here it is. The Warthog with the Christmas tree wow. in the oh, back. No, they what, have what's not to like? The blankets. They have the T-shirt. They have the sweatshirt. I absolutely adore this graphic design right here, and I think it is perfect. And so... For all of you gamers out there, or parents they also, yeah, of they gamers, have it
4: as a, a, a shirt or a blanket. Yeah. Um, my one thing. Oh, the one alarm gripe. clock is great too. The alarm
3: clock, incredible. Everything you could, everything you could want.
4: My one gripe, Mike, and this one is gripe. Uh, this is someone coming up from uh, my grandpa's. Uh, is that a cheese like board? A, a cheese board? Oh
3: yeah, a cutting board right Holy there. Holy like shit! That's my, Gary. Free. They've thought of everything, Mike. Everything, Gary. They got a backpack. They got a cheese board. Everything, like if you've got an Xbox fan in your life, this is the only place you need to
1: go Christmas shopping. I wish I could time travel back and be a thirteen-year-old right now. (laughs) I'd put this on all of my lists. This is all I want.
4: Being raised by an ornament aficionado like my grandfather. I will say, I feel like the ornament's a little too basic. I would have loved like an actual tiny little Xbox Series X or S, where you have <sighs> you press a button and it makes the little sound. I think I, I think that would yeah been, yeah have been, been something nice to go above and beyond.
1: Uh, I love this. So wanted to encourage all the parents, all the gamers out there to go take a look. Of course, you have your controller jacket. Oh my have you ever God. seen this? Dungest Dungest jacket. What is that about? What no, is going on? I will say.
2: It's so cute. You
1: know, I already buy two of these pairs.
2: I did. <laughs> <It's
1: Yeah. so> <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> Let's not talk about that gamers out there. But go check out the store page right now. A lot of awesome merch for the holidays. And that's how I wanted to end the show because... Of course, the holidays are soon to be upon us. It's a time of giving, it's a time of joy, and most importantly, it's a time to tell somebody that you love them. And we love you here at The Kind of Funny X-Cast. All of our audience, thank you so much for watching and listening, whether you're over on YouTube or on your favorite podcast service. Thank you, and happy holidays on behalf of The Kind of Funny X-Cast crew. We'll see you next week for another episode. See ya!